Good afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. Um, This is Dr. Simon, and I do a show very intermittently these days called The Stories We Live By. Uh, I still keep thinking maybe I will uh, go into the evening and do this more often and develop more of a following. Uh, And then I lose the motivation to doing it, uh, in part because it really takes something tremendous at this point to upset me to rouse myself to go on the air and and, uh, give my two cents as a psychologist to what's going on. And um, for anybody who's been following my show, you can go back into the archives, you know that one of the themes I follow consistently is the idea of human dehumanization. And I want to talk about that in relation to the mass murders that have occurred, two of them over the last couple of weeks, one in a theater out west, and now in, uh, I think it was Wisconsin, uh, somebody going into a Sikh temple, Sikh temple, um, it's a religious group, and killing six people. Uh, Many more were killed in the theater out uh, in, uh, I think it was Oklahoma. I mean, terrible, terrible things. And we're all shocked by it. And then uh, there was the usual discussion, uh, let's get rid of the guns, which I hopefully someday we will do. Uh, we will uh, beat our swords into plowshares uh, or some other useful tool uh, that doesn't kill. Uh, but I don't expect to see that happen, and I don't think it is the primary problem. For most human beings, it is extremely hard to kill another human being. Uh, (coughs) um, Very hard. A human being who feels themselves to be a human being and feels their life to be precious, (coughs) when they look at another human being and see a reflection of themselves in some way, that human being... Uh, is also seen to have a life that's precious. And under those circumstances, uh, murder or serious injury to another, except by accident, uh, is extremely difficult. Many years ago, uh, I worked with a police come to uh, come uh, to me. Um, he had shot an assailant, a perpetrator of a crime. It was found to be completely legal, completely justifiable, um, but he was feeling tremendous guilt. And he said, I never realized what it was like to fire my gun into another person and have that person die. And that was his problem. The problem was, like most human beings, if they feel themselves to be a human being, and this young man did, Uh, And it's very hard to define a human being, but I'll fool around with that idea in a bit. The person he shot, however we labeled him, or he labeled him a criminal, a perpetrator, a terrorist, or any other label, he still saw that individual as human. Uh, And I suppose the elements of a human being are a being that's alive, thinking, feeling, having hopes, ambitions, capable of feeling pain, uh, feeling a variety of emotions, capable of loving, 
uh, embedded in the social fabric uh, where we all live, uh, somebody who's held precious, perhaps, by other human beings, family members, uh, uh, friends. So under these circumstances, it becomes very difficult to hurt. And this young man spent some time working these feelings out with me and basically never got rid of the guilt, but better learned to handle it rather than in a way that would be destructive to him and the rest of his career. Uh, certainly, I think that if he ever had to shoot somebody else, he would probably put himself in a certain amount of danger because I think he'd have difficulty doing that. So when we see instances of mass murder, um, when we, we hear about uh, the kinds of things going on in, in um, Syria right now, when we go back historically, and perhaps the uh, greatest mass murderer in history, the Holocaust, where uh, Hitler uh, killed perhaps 13 million people in death camps, uh, firing squads, poison gas, like six million of them Jews, uh, for no other reason than they were Jews, and we'll, we'll get to the idea of dehumanization in a moment. Uh, we're shocked by it. And yet, we shouldn't be shocked by it. Because when we're morally outraged, it prevents us from asking psychological and social questions. What makes it possible for one human being to do this to another human being? What, what makes it possible? Because for most of us, the idea of even hurting someone's feelings is upsetting. To hurt somebody physically uh, lasts, causes us lasting pain in many, many instances. So how can we explain this kind of behavior? A man going into a theater, opening fire, uh, killing uh, women, children, little children. I think an infant was shot. Um, I didn't follow up. I don't know if, if the news talked about whether that infant survived or not. I think the mother died. Um, lives permanently altered, people maimed, uh, good people, good lives cut short. And for me, the answer is uh, the process of dehumanization. We are all capable, it seems to me, of dehumanizing others. Uh, our ability to humanize others is best when we are, A, humanized ourselves by others. That is, loved, held as precious, seen as valuable, respected, held accountable for our actions. In other words, when we are given the wherewithal to feel that in the eyes of others we are important, that we are vital, that we're precious, we tend, and I'm not sure it's always true, but I think it's fairly uh, reasonable to assume that much of the time we respond and can see others around us in much the same terms, as uh, worthy of love, as worthy of respect, of uh, worthy of being liked, um, uh, uh, capable of feeling pain, capable of feeling fear, capable of all of the things that we ourselves hope we wouldn't feel uh, or be made to feel, and at the same time capable of feeling all of the things that make us happy, that make us joyful, that we wish we could feel more of more of the time. But most of us really have a limited circle of individuals that we see as human, like ourselves. 
And often, uh, we have boundaries around that. For most of us, our families are the most human. And we can go into an explanation on a genetic level, on a social level, that is, those who share our genes tend to be uh, most like us. Uh, we tend to think about tr on tribal level. Uh, and t today in America, for example, our tribes are uh, demarcated. They're outlined not necessarily by the word tribe, but by a community, by country, uh, increasingly, unfortunately, by political party, and I will talk a little bit today about the dehumanizing politics that are now taking place that scare the hell out of me because I see, again, uh, uh, another addition to the element of dehumanization taking place, creating the conditions of dehumanization. And what is dehumanization? Well, when we dehumanize another human being or dehumanize a group of human beings, uh, we cast them in a non-human light. We, we can see them uh, in positive or negative light, but particularly if we are capable of hurting someone, of killing someone, of wiping people out, even when we don't know them and, and, and have no idea clearly who they are as human beings, it's because we have been reduced and dehumanized and now are capable and can see others in a dehumanized uh, light, through a dehumanized lens. Uh, I have argued on my shows earlier that this started with my awareness that psychiatry and what I was taught in terms of making diagnoses on people was dehumanizing. A person is now reduced to a label. Why does this person hallucinate? Why does this person uh, be so depressed? Well, it's because they have a a disorder called schizophrenia or a disorder called depression. And this now reduces the individual to the label. Even worse, uh, the psychiatry now teaches that this is all due to uh, chemical imbalances in the brain, something irreducible to the brain. So it's not the person who suffers. It is a an errant chemical and we can cure all of this or control all of this with drugs, and I won't go into the fact that I believe that sometimes these drugs uh, are okay, maybe even necessary, but they're not medicines in the sense that when a person's soul, when a person is in agony, uh, when a person is, is uh, undergoing the process of dehumanization, uh, that a pill is necessary, the best option. And to say that somebody, uh, for example, I, I work in a nursing home, two nursing homes for the last couple of years. I came out of retirement, and I love and am depressed by this work. Um, what do you say to a 90-year-old man? Well, how do you diagnose a 90-year-old man whose family is gone, whose 60-year marriage has ended with his wife's death, who now can't go to the bathroom by himself and has to have his diapers changed, uh, by somebody who is paid very low wages to do this and who does it but uh, doesn't, is not aware of their own feelings and, and the patient's feeling uh, of shame and disgust that this uh, uh, process is going on. What do you say to somebody who's sad and hopeless and wishes to die and have his life over under these circumstances? 
Uh, well, it's easy to dehumanize and say he's old, uh, his brain is withered, he has dementia, uh, he has psychosis, he has severe depression, and throw a pill at it. Um, much harder to sit with these individuals and recognize this is a human being much as yourself to the degree that you allow yourself to see yourself as a human being. Because that's, again, the duality of this. Uh, mass murderers, when they walk in to kill, have already lost their essential humanity. They are thinking of themselves in some way uh, as less than human. But to do this, this, this psychiatric dance, well, anyway, to not stay with that, because I have a number of shows in which I discuss that, but to, to, to look forward to uh, uh, my awareness that this goes on all the time. Uh, men dehumanize human beings. People of one religion dehumanize people of another religion. Increasingly, again, in our society, uh, the political parties are dehumanizing each other. The word liberal is a dirty word. The word conservative is fascist. And more and more of the individuals I see in the political scene actively dehumanize. Um, the the uh, talk show hosts, uh, some of them, uh, throw out labels and spew hatred uh, in a way that is terrifying. Because in many ways, these individuals are leading the discussion of of uh, politics. They're setting the tone. And uh, one human being really can't relate to or compromise with or respect somebody who he sees as less than human, as a monster. So we can be dehumanized like in psychiatry or often in medicine or by the whole technology of our society in which we're nothing but a machine, a robot, a brain uh, that is a computer and nothing more. It's not that it isn't can't be seen as a computer, but it's the nothing more that really upsets me, or a monster. The movies are filled with monster films, werewolves, uh, vampires, zombies. One film after another of tremendous violence, terrible violence, in which monsters come after us or after human beings who cower in terror and are eaten, sucked dry, chopped up. These films, I think, are causing dehumanization, but I think, like most things, they come around and can be seen as a double-edged sword. They're not only causing, they reflect the tremendous anxiety of those of us in our society who are terrified of being dehumanized and finding ourselves in response, dehumanizing others, seeing others as a lower life form. A monster can be defined as a creature that looks human, but is incapable of feeling the pain. Not only that, not only feeling the pain, but enjoying the pain they inflict on others. The young man who opened fire in the theater was in a Batman movie, full of violence. The last film, I haven't seen the new one yet, I don't think I will see it, um, was contained the Joker. The Joker was a character of unprecedented sadism, 
who enjoy killing for the sake of killing. That's a monster. Enjoys the killing. There is no goal to it except the death, the humiliation, and the destruction of as many individuals as possible. This young man had his hair dyed orange and apparently told one of the cops who apprehended him that he was the Joker. He has been dehumanized. And in his dehumanized state, doesn't see human beings when he opens fire. He's a cartoon character. He's been reduced to a monster, to something in his own mind and in our minds as not quite human, as not quite real. And I see this happening more and more and more around us. And now a second one. I don't think the man who went in to shoot the individuals uh, who is now dead at the hands of a policeman, at the bullet of a policeman, uh, saw human beings. He saw a religious group. My guess, by the way, this is going to come out, that he saw them as Muslims, confused them with Muslims, and to him Muslims are not human. And just to keep it fair and balanced, there are too many Muslims in the world who do not see us as Americans or me as a Jew as human. We are the great Satan. We are a devil that has to be exterminated, driven into the sea. So, we have a terribly sad condition. Up and down our society, we have violence that is unprecedented. I believe America is at this point perhaps the most violent society on earth, except for those places where mass murders are going up, such as in Syria or other parts of the world where one tribe attempts to de- annihilate another tribe because they cannot see the members of that tribe as human. The antidote for this is given to us in our religions. It's given to us in a variety of sources. But once this process starts, and it has started very, very seriously in America, more and more of the people going to Congress are individuals who come from the most frightened elements of society. Fear leads to dehumanization. When one feels that one has not been treated fairly, that one is powerless. Uh, Those people who kill other people and scapegoat people very often cast that individual or those individuals as more powerful than themselves. I am weak. I am helpless. I have to protect myself. I have to have power. And the people going into Congress seek power and seek uh, ideological purity. Every time I hear this, that there are now more members of Congress who want ideological purity, they want their views, which they see as completely right, unable to debate or be questioned on any political level that they feel they know all the answers to, I get more and more frightened. And these are the individuals who the talk show hosts scream are the heroes who are going to save America. Well, this takes me back to Germany in 1933, where more and more of a frightened, dehumanized German public, persons who themselves were feeling increasingly frightened and treated as dehumanized objects, saw their champion as Adolf Hitler and the hoodlums 
and the monsters that surrounded him. And we only have to look at history to see when ideological purity, when ideological surety, when absolute certainty runs a country and the individuals within it are easily can easily dehumanize large or small segments of individuals, we are in deep, deep, deep trouble. So, what's my antidote? I try very hard when I hear or see something that upsets me in another human being's behavior to say something that I was taught to say by one of my great professors back at NYU in the 60s, Dr. Isidore Chine, who was describing uh, being in the army and listening to the terrible prejudice and dehumanization of blacks and saying to these individuals, we're talking about somebody who's only more and no less than a human being. So I try hard to look and say, this is a human being. He's a mass murderer, but he's a human being. He's a mass killer. He's a terrorist, but he's a human being. This is not to excuse their behavior. This is not to say don't hold them responsible for their actions. This is not to say don't punish or don't rehabilitate or lock up. Uh, it's, it's not to say that. But it is to say that as long as we look at every human being and ask what was the motive of this human being for doing what they did, we become, I think, good psychologists. And I think being a good psychologist is something I tried to teach my students over the years and tried to teach the individuals who came to me for psychological counseling and what we call psychotherapy. It is you are a human being. You must demand to be treated with respect, dignity. You must look for love and try to recognize real love when you find it. Because when you are loved, you are held, affirmed in the best way as a human being. I fear for the future of this country. I fear for what I'm watching. Uh, I, I, I don't like the Republicans more than I don't like the Democrats at this point but I'm watching two contenders call each each other not worthy to be president, called liars, cheats, uh, all terrible names, and I'm convinced, I'm convinced by both that neither should be president of the United States because not both are being dehumanized by the other. So, uh, I don't see a way out politically, um, I see around me more and more frightened people grabbing hold to all kinds of terrible ideologies, terrible in the sense that uh, we are the innocent victims of the monsters around us, and we must get rid of them, we must hurt them, we must deport them, we must do all manner of things, we must kill them, uh, and without hearing that we have become the monster ourselves, that we are terrified can affect us. Human beings see other human beings as human and demand to be treated as human, as, as lovable, as precious, uh, as worthy of having a future, uh, of finding the full potential 
of their creative lives, of being able to create. I have talked about all of these things in earlier episodes, um, and I've talked about this now. Uh, Again, uh, I sometimes feel guilty. I'm not spending the money to uh, increase the range of individuals I speak with, but every time I turn on the television and watch the news, I become depressed. Uh, I've been watching the Olympics. These wonderful young people um, uh, filling a potential that that, that makes their lives uh, uh, better and makes our lives better for watching. And then watching the same crap, uh, which country is beating the other country? Nationalism as an ideology. Uh, Which country is the better country because its members won more gold medals? Uh, I'm a tennis fan. I tennis buff. I play some tennis still uh, in my old age. And I was so happy and overjoyed to see Andy Murray finally win uh, a top spot uh, after so much hard work and so much personal struggle. Not because he's not American and not because he is British, but because as a human being, uh, it it meant so much to him. And he gave me such pleasure in in showing me how tennis can be played, that I've never played it and never will play it. Something that is as good as it possibly can be. So, uh, tell your friends, if you like this episode, Uh, When I get frightened enough or feel guilty enough, I probably will go back on the air and do another show. If anybody would like to call in, I'm at 716. You can call in 646-716-7756. And that, I think, will do it for the rest of the evening. I don't think anybody's following me at this point. Uh, That's okay. I, I, I sent this out on Facebook uh, I finally, I was pished some times ago at them saying that right, and it took me a while to clear that up. But in any event, that's my show for today, for the week. I don't know, I don't know for how long, but uh, very good. Send me a message if you like the show. Uh, give it a good rating if you like the show. Tell your friends about this. Um, and uh, go love somebody. Um, Go see somebody as a human being, and uh, you'll feel better and more human yourself, and uh, that, I believe, is the antidote for the terrible predicament of a society such as ours now sinking in greed, in violence, in dehumanizing uh, labels, uh, in, in a psychiatric nonsense that uh, believes that uh, human beings are naught but machines and errant brains, and um, we all need to have our brains tweaked, our uh, computer programs reprogrammed, uh, and that uh, the soul, and I don't mean that in the religious sense, but that part of us which is the most precious uh, should be shut down artificially, uh, further dehumanizing us rather than uh, uh, held as worthy and respected and loved and uh, <clears throat> helping us to feel uh, that we should get up another day 
and uh, create something uh, that gives pleasure to ourselves, our families, our schools, our communities, and the world around us. Thank you, and good night.